This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Jaws. E.T. Back to the Future. Forrest Gump. Jurassic Park. Toy Story. Just reading off a list of movies can invoke so many different thoughts and feelings about your own unique experience with these films. Movies have a powerful and interesting way of capturing our attention, our emotions, and our thought life. What does this say about us? And how does this relate to our relationship with God? Now, I love talking about movies, and I've always been fascinated by the discussion around theology in film and the question of how I can be more thoughtful when watching movies. So, Thankfully, I was able to talk with an expert about it. My guest today is Dr. Cutter Calloway. He is the Williams K. Brem Chair of Worship, Theology, and the Arts. He's the Associate Dean of the Center of Advanced Theological Studies and Associate Professor of Theology and Culture at Fuller Seminary. Dr. Calloway and I talk about why it's important to talk and think about theology and film. We talk about common religious themes and motifs, issues to be discerning against, and the power of emotion. And I even got to end our conversation with a little rapid-fire session of his favorite films and directors. My name is Jason Whelan, and this is Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. Now, my conversation with Dr. Cutter Calloway. And Dr. Calloway, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. A pleasure to be here. So, we're talking today about how we uh, how we look at film and theology. I think this is something people have probably maybe heard about. Maybe they've had some conversations before, like, like hey, did you see uh, this allegory in this or whatever? But other than that, it's usually kind of distant. They are two separate things. So I'm just curious, why do you think it's helpful for people to look at movies or even like uh, television shows through a theological lens? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. And when I am answering all the time, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, the, so maybe the biggest way to answer it or the, the sort of highest level is that everything we do is, as they would say, coram deo, right? Um, in, in and under the face of God, mm-hmm. that we, everything we do, whether we're a person of Christian faith or not, um, is already theological. Um, it involves some sort of uh, relationship with God, um, and that is both in our entertainment, in our creative work, in our our jobs, our parents, I mean, just everything we do. So that is also the case with movie going, and it's especially for me interesting to ask that of movies because we watch a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by we, I even mean Christians. So um, statistics show we we consume the same amount and the same kind of media as just about everybody else mm. um, for good and for ill. Right. Yeah. Um, so part of it's just admitting that um, this is something that we do. It's part of our our lives. And so God is therefore involved in it. Um, and so the question I'm always asking is, well, what is God up to? 
in that? What has it got up to in our film going and uh, as individuals, as a community? Um, what has it got up to when we look at the broader society and saying, why are people watching all of these movies and not these other ones, you know? Um, and what does that say about who we are and the kind of questions we're asking, et cetera? Um, so for me, more locally though, that's kind of big, high-minded stuff. Um, kind of the first step is um, I just personally, and I'm sure you've had this uh, case as well, that you go see a movie, similar to you read a good book or you do you know, any sort of piece of fiction or nonfiction, and your your heart is is warmly stirred, right? Mm-hmm. You you sense um, something that is spiritually illuminating or enlightening. Um, sometimes people might even say, wow, I feel like maybe God was speaking to me in this. You know, that's interesting. Um, it's not church, but I really sense that God's moving. And, and so I know for me and for lots of people I know that films... Um, are a, a place where we are spiritually nourished. Um, now we can also, the chances are, um, be spiritually malnourished <laughs> or or harmed in some cases. But but in, in a lot of times we we have this sense of God speaking to us, God moving, um, God illuminating life through film. And I think for that reason alone, we need to ask the question: Okay, well, what is what would the Bible have to say about that? What does theology have to say about that? Um, when and where can we test the spirits, if you will? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the personal level. Um, the the next kind of level is, I would say, interpersonal. And that is maybe you're a parent, uh, maybe you're a grandparent, uh, maybe you're a friend, and you have people in your life that go see movies. Um, and maybe they see a lot of them. They see a few a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> or they see one or two, and it's just really meaningful to them. Um, I think it's important for us to have uh, common connections um, with other people, uh, both inside the church and out. And movies are really great low-hanging fruit for conversation starters. So if you have kids, um, you can talk to them about a movie often in a way that you can't talk about, you know, direct family things. <laughs> um, if you have a church, right? And you're like, hey, um, I, I have a good friend who's a pastor of a large church, um, a very large building. Um, and they have some issues with like, how do we take care of his building? And and he hosted a gathering of their leadership and used um, Encanto mm-hmm. as the the touch point for like our building is haunted. Like we we it's, <laughs> it has a spirit that we need to reckon with, right? Mm. So it's a great way to like have conversations that are hard to have directly. It offers this sort this sort of indirect thing. And again, I think God is up to something in that in terms of how we think of community, and especially as we think about then um, building bridges to those who are not part of the Christian faith. Um, I'm I'm of the impression that. People go to see movies, they pursue things like film, television, books, media, whatever, because they have some sort of uh, impulse or burning or desire in their heart that they're pursuing. Um, And they're pursuing it through all these various means. I think ultimately that desire is fulfilled in God. Um, And so if I can tap into that desire by talking about a movie and saying, okay, you watched Top Gun Maverick, what is it about losing a close friend and mourning them and 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 thinking and memorializing them and and overcoming that sort of trauma what is what is it about that impulse and that desire that we connect with that relates to you being created in the image of god right yeah. that that i think is a key thing and then the last thing i'll say of, of why i think theologically is um a lot of times and this is kind of a biblical precedent um you'll see the people of god 
forget what it means to be the people of God. <laughs> yeah. And then God sends all of these people who are not a part of the the um, community of faith to say, hey, you got it wrong. Hey, by the <laughs> way, God thinks this. And often those are the the poets, the prophets, the artists that come. And I think in a lot of ways, uh, contemporary film can serve that function uh, for the church to say, sometimes we don't see quite rightly and, and, and engaging in film and seeing certain pieces of art can shed light on some of our blindnesses um, that can be really helpful in, in how, again, God can transform um, the way we see the world, the way we uh, love our neighbor. Um, and sometimes we can't do that from inside voices. We need a kind of outside perspective to, to give us that critical insight. Yeah. Why do your students, do you think, sign up for classes in film and theology? Is there something, is there something that they are looking for that you've kind of identified? Like, I see why you're here and, and I, I am going to give that to you on a plate. You know, is there something there? Well, assuming it's not what they think is a blow off. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> there's always, there's always that. And, and what's funny is, um, you know, I, I, uh, my seminary, Fuller Seminary, is a, a graduate school only. So we don't have undergrad, yeah. which means, I mean, graduate school is tough. And you do a lot of reading, yeah. <laughs> a lot of really technical reading that's assigned. Um, and that's normal. And almost always, without fail, the students that sign up for the film class, their main complaint isn't the amount of reading assigned. It's the amount of movies I assign. Uh, they're, like, <laughs> they're like, Professor Calloway, this is too many. More I can't, films you know. to watch? Yeah, <laughs> I know. And so I'm like, okay, this is this is pretty funny. Um, but assuming they're not, you know, and, and we have great students, so they don't want blow up class, yeah. but I would say they fall into a few categories. The main group is kind of related to that. The way I answered that first question is they're like, ah, you know, I'm here studying theology. I'm studying ministry. I might even be going into ministry or I'm, I'm many of them already serving in church contexts yeah. and going, there's this weird thing where I feel like I hear more discernibly and more consistently God speaking to me in movies than in church. Now that's mm. not always the case. It doesn't sure. mean they don't hear God speak in church. Um, but just that fact, I think drives people to go, what's happening there? Why is it that a film um, can mediate God's voice in a way that it doesn't seem like I get elsewhere? Um, so that's one of the main things. And they just want to go through kind of like how I answered the question for you earlier yeah. is what's happening and how do I make sense of that as a Christian, mm. um, especially a Christian who is, often in leadership roles, trying to communicate to people um, the, the the point and the value of Christianity in the modern world at yeah. all. Um, and that's kind of the other side of where people will come and saying, well, all of my friends, all of my congregants, all of their kids, um, you know, they may or may not show up to church consistently, but they show up to the theater pretty consistently. <laughs> um, so how do I, how do I think about that as a, as a leader of mm. the church? Oh, that's so interesting. So, so for people who, I, I'm I, no, I'm guessing most people could say that they've, you know, like yeah, I can recognize some themes. But for people who who maybe want to be, you know, a little bit more mindful, what are some primary theological themes or motifs that you've seen used in movies, and how would people know to look for them? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I think you're right. There's, I have a. A, an adopted brother who I always tell him, I'm like, listen, there's not a Christ figure in every film. Like that's not, <laughs> but he, but he often sees one. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. That's, you know, um, and, and that can be a tendency of ours. Um, 
And I do, but I do think there are some price figures like, wow, this is a price figure. I mean, you take, um, you know, some of the, uh, the Marvel cinematic universe, sure. uh, some of the DC, actually some, some more recent Superman I was uh, that, films. I was going to say, Just, it's pretty clear in Superman yeah. when he's flying out with his arms outreach. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you go, there are clear times where, yes, that's what's happening. Um, and then I think we can then appropriately go, well, well, what kind of Christ figure is Superman? Um, and is he an appropriate Christ figure? Is that is that the Christ we follow? Or is that the kind of Christ that a sort of uh, hyper-masculine, uh, powerful American version of a, of a Messiah or Christ figure would be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where it gets a really interesting uh, conversation. So that could be one way where you see these explicit... Um, uh, Christian symbols or images asking yourself, okay, well now is this, how does this match? How does this um, resonate um, with my understanding of the Christian faith? Um, and what ways does it maybe run afoul of it? And what ways does it maybe contradict it? Mm. Um, and so before I too quickly baptize it of like, look, you know, <laughs> Hollywood loves Jesus. Cause here is Superman. It might be like, well, Hollywood might love a kind of Jesus, um, but maybe not the kind that we claim to follow. Um, and that would that importantly would uh, include both a Superman film and a Passion of the Christ film, right? Yeah. So, so it's not um, simply that oh, a Marvel Christ figure is bad and a you know a Passion Christ figure is good. It's that anytime we see these visual representations, these cinematic representations, we need to be asking ourselves um, how how does that you know uh, match with our notion of, of who Christ is. When it's not so explicit, I think that's where it gets a little bit um, uh, more mushy. On the one hand, um, you can say, you know, I don't know, back, well, back in the day before media, you get on an airplane and maybe all you have is like the People magazine or something, you know, in the, <laughs> the on the plane. Yeah. Um, and you go, OK, for that hour and a half, I looked at the People magazine and it was it it uh, entertained me for an hour and a half. But there's nothing deeper there. I guess that's it. I mean, that was. I learned it was, a lot about who's dating who right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, I mean, that's okay. Good. So, um, and fine. It was entertaining. It passed the time. There's nothing wrong with that. But I have no need to try to say there's a deeper theological meaning to it. Yeah. And there's a lot of films like that. It's just they were good for the 90 minutes they were there. But otherwise, you know, um, <laughs> hot tub time machine probably <laughs> isn't going to be, you know, some revelation. Yeah. Um. In the middle of those are, I think, what I often look for um, when it's not explicitly religious or Christian, and it's not just kind of a either a waste of time or damaging or just kind of um, uh, not really very deep. Mm. Um, I tend to tell people to look for, this would be called kind of thematic criticism. And, and the way I encourage people to uh, go into a film is, uh, as they're watching it, say, look at the characters and ask, what are their losses and longings? Mm. So- most screenwriting, most typical kind of Hollywood screenwriting and screenplays or story architecture involves a character um, who is um, after something. And usually what happens is the story arc is the shift in the character from su- uh, the character pursuing something that they want to discovering what they need, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's a very simple way. So you think you want, um, uh, you know, well, it, 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 classic like teenage. I saw a, a kind of teenage R-rated movie the other day, and it was like parents want their kid to, you know, um, get out of his shell and before he goes to college. And so they think 
what he needs is or what he wants, what they want for him is a relationship with a girl. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out over the course of that, they find out what he actually needs is them to trust him and like actually give him the the freedom that he needs to go and grow and learn and change as mm -hmm. a 19 year old. Right. Um, so you see that time and time again. Um, and this gets back to that question of, as I, I said before, of when we go to a, like see a movie and we, we are entertained, but also compelled by it, right? We resonate with it. I think that's because it's tapping into these kind of desires where we see in those characters a similar longing, right? Or a yeah. similar loss. And when that happens, I think what we can start asking is that theological question. Well, what does that say about how God has set up um, reality? What does that say about who we are as a human and the kinds of needs that we have um, being humans, being made in the image of God? What does it say about, for example, our uh, relationship with God, with others, with community? Um, and that's where you can start unpacking some of those theological themes. And at that point, um, the sky's the limit, right? So, I mean, any almost any film or any good story that's tapping into the human condition, I think, has potential for being theologically rich mm. because God is about the human condition, right? Yeah. <laughs> God is... A human, right? And God came into the human condition. That's how much God cared about us in, in, in that scenario. So, of course, anything we encounter, I think, is rich fodder for saying, what is God up to in this as we kind of navigate the world? You've mentioned a couple times the potential for damaging films. Mm. I was wondering if you could go into that a little bit, explain what you mean by damaging mm. and, ex mm. and help us to kind of navigate a discernment around yeah. around that. Yeah, I um, I, I almost always uh, qualify with and damaging too yeah. because I know that usually question will end up coming up at some point. <laughs> um, and and because I speak often so glowingly about film, um, I I raise the possibility of the critique of like, well, isn't there a bunch of rubbish yeah, <laughs> that yeah, like yeah. just nobody should watch? And the answer is, of course, of course, there's rubbish, um, and of course, there's stuff that just is worthless. And, and then verges on, as I would say, damaging. So it goes from just kind of nonsensical and yeah. pointless to like, oh, this might be doing active harm. Mm. Now, the of course, what I'm off, almost never talking about is children. So like when I start talking about certain films and people would be like, well, should children watch that? And yeah. I'm like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. if, if Hollywood rates it R, then you definitely shouldn't have <laughs> your children watch, right? Like that's, a, of course. Yeah. Um, but I also think that that kind of criteria is not, um, not really appropriate for a mature Christian because it's similar with our biblical text. Um, there are certain passages that are profoundly disturbing. Um, and we, we introduce those to children in different ways and at yeah. different times, um, at different age appropriate moments. Right. Um, and even when we're mature, we still, some, some stuff I'm, I'm doing a whole podcast right now on Christianity and horror films. Oh, fun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. And so I've been going through just all the horrific tales in the Bible. And there are just some really brutal things that um, I even don't want to really go and reflect on. Yeah, right. Sure. And so um, I say that because um, assuming the discernment criteria includes, you know, your maturity level. Um, you know, your own um, kind of personal uh, sensitivities. I think we all have different inclinations. Um, we all have different temptations um, that for some, like my wife, for example, just cannot and will not watch things with violence, yeah. um, especially hyper violent. It just she's like, nope, I'm not. That doesn't 
uh, my heart doesn't do well yeah. <laughs> after I go that. And that's great. But I'm not going to say that all violent films all are bad ever, you know, like that, that's not a thing, but for her, no good. Yeah. So um, knowing who you are, your, your personal sensitivities, I think also watching in community. Mm. So I bring up my wife because she and I kind of have a relationship where um, I don't, I don't just go watch anything and everything. Um, but I'll kind of check in with her and, you know, violence, I say, doesn't bother me quite as much as her. Um, and so, but there could be a point where I go, am I just watching this? Cause I just am glorifying violence and I mm -hmm. think it's great and it's actually doing damage to me, but I'm saying, well, it's not a big deal. Well, I need a conversation partner to kind of like check in, um, and say, well, what do you think about this? You know me well. Um, and so this, this I think could apply to all sorts of, of areas of life. Mm. Um, but when it gets to full on, uh, sort of damaging, I think it's really hard to say, unless you know, those specifics of the person, what kind of community they're in. That being said, I do think it's kind of like, uh, the famous question of, of pornography when it was before yeah. the uh, Congress, it's like, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Mm. And I think there's a little bit of that in terms of our, our media discernment, um, assuming that you have a, a group of people that you're accountable to and assuming that you know some of your maturity level. Um, and all of that being said, I do think there is value sometimes. This is part of my role as well. Um, I assume part of my task, because for my job, I have to see a lot of stuff. Sure. Um, I end up, there are times where I see stuff and I'm like, uh, that was, I, I don't need to see that again. And I kind of wish I hadn't seen it at all. I'm glad I've done it though, because now I can go let others know don't don't waste your time. Um, that's not going to be helpful. Um, so I think even that of having some trusted voices that you go, you know, I'm going to go check out this person's take <laughs> yeah. before I run headlong into some movie without knowing, you know, any of the details that could be potentially damaging to me. Are there any, um, well, I shouldn't say, are there any, I guess it's almost like what a potentially damaging theological positions or heresies that that seem prevalent that that could almost i think it's almost more damaging to create a confusion afterwards of being like uh and like hey that's that's actually you know that logically i could see that making sense and then it starts to warp or twist is are there things like that 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 you have noticed or have seen pop up that are worth looking out for um yes um and i'll say this with a caveat because um, even then I would say, I don't want to say that's necessarily bad to watch, sure. right? Like, so, um, if again, with a big qualification of if, depending on who you are and if you have, um, a, some dialogue partners. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things is if you watch a lot of media and consume it by yourself. And I actually think when it comes to damaging media, it's our practice of film watching more mm. than the content. Mm. So, um, like with my kids, for example, we don't do, they don't get screen time alone in their rooms. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I'm like, this is a communal thing. Like you don't get, I don't want in your mindset that when I go and watch a movie or a TV show, I'm isolated by myself, you know, whatever. Sure. Um, and that's for a lot of reasons. But, but one is I want to be there as the more mature adult in their life. If something comes up that was unexpected, right. Yeah. Something that comes up that is confusing, something that we can talk about, um, and use that as a, an opportunity to grow as opposed to imagine they're never going to encounter any confusing material in their life. Right. Yeah. So that's part of it. But, um, generally I think, and this is going to maybe say the opposite of what, <laughs> there you um, go. I think stuff that is like counter to the theological tradition, 
or to, to theological Christianity um, is pretty clear. It's like, oh, okay, that's not, that's not Christian. Sure. Um, and if the film or filmmakers trying to do that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. And that's not all that damaging to know that, oh, someone thinks Christianity is rubbish or someone thinks sure. it's all, you know, hogwash or whatever, or it, it is kind of where you're getting at um, where it's confusing, but I actually tend to think that the confusion um, comes more often in those who are trying to make uh, what I would call Christian films. Mm. Um, because uh, in, in many cases, they're they're trying to do a thing in a form that maybe it was never designed to do. Sure. <laughs> and so something gets messed up um, in that trend. And again, not all, yeah, not yeah. all Christian films everywhere. Um, but but it's interesting. Some of the ones that I find most difficult and and theologically problematic, uh-huh. where you could walk away going like, wait a minute, um, <laughs> all the other things sound like that's Christianity. But in fact, I, I don't think we should endorse that. Yeah. Um, and I I hesitate to name any of those yeah, projects because sure, sure, sure. uh, you know we have good friends. I have good friends. <laughs> um, but I do think that's one thing that we should uh, be aware of because I. I don't know if you just said it, it, it talking to me live, but in one of your uh, one of our yeah, emails yeah. before, I think you used the word heresy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, What's some heretical? And um, so again, I've been doing stuff in horror films. Yeah. So there's a lot of horror films that like they pretty clearly they don't like Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Others, interestingly, are very pro-Christianity. Um, that's like the only source of hope. So I find that interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, I have a point. I'm going to just yeah. bring up some interesting I found out earlier. So bring it back to me. Yes. But, um, but the uh where's i going with this horror um uh bad uh, some shoot. are more for christianity or are are, are, are pro christianity and some are more yes. completely anti but you were talking about heresies yes. oh heresies yes yes um but early heresies um the word heresy and and early sort of even apologetics right yeah so the whole notion of apologetics came from um uh christians trying to defend certain truths over and against certain untruths known as heresies. Well, what we forget about that history is the people spouting heresies were other Christians. (laughs) And in fact, those heresies were simply um, uh, uh, theological commitments that basically a a big group of people believed in. Um, And then another group of people were like, that's not quite right. Um, no, you stop teaching that, right? Like, and, and, but, but what's important reason I bring it up is one, it was an interfaith conversation, yeah. right? Or, or sorry, intra-faith, intra-faith conversation. Um, and, uh, that the heresy is real close yeah. to the not heresy, right? And so the, the danger of it is because at about 99% looks exactly the same, right? Yeah. And it's just this one key little piece. And so I think that's, what's interesting about, uh, Christian media and Christian storytelling is um, there are those moments where it's like, oh, for all intents and purposes, this just looks like a great Christian film. It's like, well, wait a minute. There's this one little thing that is not quite right. And that's a big problem. Whereas, you know, like a, a an anti-Christian horror film, it's sure. like, okay, yeah, nobody's- <laughs> That's pretty clear. <laughs> nobody's pretending. Yeah. Um, one thing, uh, this wasn't an answer to any of your questions, but um, one of the things I find interesting- from that first question about why I do theology and film. Yeah. Um, I ran into a, a person that just a kind of a gathering of folks when I'm, you know, you're like, Oh wow, what do you do? And, um, and I'm getting, I'm getting his company wrong. So I don't even try what it is, but yeah. he um, does a lot of uh, broadcasting um, into uh, Asian markets. Mm. Um, and specifically, I think he was telling me um, in India 
And uh, he said there there are a lot of government regulations that uh, that will not require allow any kind of Christian anything mm. um, to be broadcast. Because I think most of it, and again, this might be slightly off, but it, it's at least close. Um, that uh, it's almost all state regulated, and so you just can't get anything. In. He said, but there is one exception, and he said that is horror media. Mm. And he said because the genre is assumed to involve Christian representatives uh, fighting and battling these these evils, yeah. right? That's just what it means to make a horror movie, right? So <laughs> so they allow these explicit demonstrations of the power of Christ over and against darkness and evil because that's baked into this film genre. And I find that so fascinating uh, in terms of like Christian mission yeah. um, and the way we think about, you know, uh, damaging movies or not, where you go, well, that's, isn't that like Jesus? Uh, and isn't that like the kingdom to totally kind of turn upside down our sense of what would be the the bridge <laughs> mm. to a certain society that is, uh, it, otherwise is, is sort of anti-Christian. Um, I find that amazing. I, that's really interesting. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm very, I'm really interested to learn more about your podcast project about Christian and horror. So, uh, if we don't talk about this here, I want to talk about it offline. But yeah, I'm sure. so I'm so curious. Um, I, I wanted to to talk a little bit about this idea of emotion that mm-hmm. gets invoked in movie. I, you know, I think I think that's something that's really fascinating. Is 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 so often we find ourselves saying like it just it, it captured my emotions or I felt myself being really emotionally moved by this and it's not just in film and television it's in it's an art in general but specific to this medium i'm really curious if you could talk about uh just what it means to be you know made in the image of god and how film has such a way of tapping into our emotions in this way and in particular i wanted to talk about the music of film too i know that you have written about that before so I'm, i'm i'm curious to hear your thoughts yeah um it's a great question and What's interesting, if we think as evangelicals, right, um, we have a really odd relationship with emotions. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about most, not all, but most kind of Sunday morning gatherings of all the sort of, let's say, U.S. evangelical churches across the world or across the country, um, you've got probably the first 20 to 30 minutes that is a profoundly emotional, <laughs> musically driven encounter with God. Um, Most of our uh, um, conversation about coming to Christian faith is you form this deep personal relationship, intimate relationship with Jesus, right? Like this, uh, the whole of your heart, mind, soul, spirit, and body, right? Well, then um, after that happens, uh, you go, okay, now you're Christian, Um, shift, music stops. Now we have a sermon (laughs) where we go, okay, Forget about all those feelings. You shouldn't trust those. Those are bad. They're going to misguide you. It's just what I'm about to tell you that you need to think rationally about this text and what God tells you. And now write it down, say it out loud and go do it. Right. Um, And I'm like, wait a minute. What? (laughs) No. Um, Now, again, that's not what everybody yeah, says. It's but, just a general, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a lot of conversation about how uh, emotions are misleading um, and it's our reason and rationality that's true. But it's just wrong. I mean, that's the, that's the, the base of it. Um, I, I did write my first uh, book was on theology and music um, and what music does in films in particular. 
Um, but it's broadened beyond that since then. And I have, I've, I've done a lot of work in like psychology and others where um, we actually, a person who is purely rational with no emotion is known as a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> we actually reason better when we are fully emotional beings, like our emotions are are uh, important aspects of what it means to be human, what it means to be created in God's image, um, because they tell us a lot about um, how we ought to think um, and what we ought to think in light of the sort of emotional tenor of the room, um, where we're at as our bodies, how we resonate emotionally with other people. This mm. is what we often call empathy or compassion is a very emotional sort of intelligence type thing. Um, and so I think that's the sort of setup of like emotions matter. Emotions are not negative or bad, but are the very means by which we reason, we understand, we um, are able to love other people. In film, um, I think films actually nowadays are one of the primary both musical and emotional educators of society. And what I mean by that is um, music is a long history of being deeply emotional because of the way it moves our affections and our bodies. Yeah. But now, um, since uh, the advent of the cinema and music was attached to that pretty early on, um, we also were instructed and not just that you feel, but here's the the thing that you tie that feeling to. So you, you have a sort of minor mode is tied to uh, a kind of um, lethargic or depressing moments, a kind of upbeat major mode is like, oh, it's like optimism or whatever, yeah. you know? So all of these ways we think and understand about sort of Western tonal music was shaped by what we see on film. Yeah. And so um, a big part of the way that filmmakers tell their story is not just visually, um, not just through dialogue, but also through music. And, and if you take the music away, if you've ever done this um, with a movie and remove the music, totally different experience. Um, I, in one of my classes, uh, do a, um, I know, uh, you all are going through different movies, Toy Story 4 being one of them. Yeah. So, um, animated film, this is really important because, um, these aren't live actions. You don't get the emotions that a live actor would get. So you've got to do other things. One is music. And I do an exercise with my students where I watch the, or have them watch the three and a half minute montage from early on in the movie oh. up. <laughs> I knew where you're going. Yeah. The best, the best three and a half minutes in film ever, right? Yeah. Um, wordless. There are no words, but there is music. Um, and if you re if you watch it without the music, it's an entirely different experience than when you add the music back um, for all sorts of reasons. And one of the main reasons is that it kind of ties together the emotional arc of that three and a half minutes um, and tells the story in ways that that the visuals alone couldn't ever capture. Um, and so as I think about that, I go, okay, so this music is um, now something the filmmaker has presented for the audience to connect in some empathetic way, emotional way with the story. Um, and we're doing that often in a community, like a theater or a living room or something like that. And the music also connects us so that now you uh, actually, I was at Disney yesterday for my birthday and I walked into one Land, and that married life montage. And I immediately was like, Ooh, <laughs> all of those emotions are back, you know, right there. Um, and so I find that important, not only in terms of movie going and how movies work, just like how they draw us in emotionally, but then thinking through back to that early question I said before is what has God up to that or in that? Um, what has God up to in the way that we connect with each other emotionally, the way we connect with stories emotionally? Um, and I want to say that in those spaces, <laughs> I, 
I coined this term that nobody has ever used since. So I don't know if <laughs> I, that I coined it, but I, I said music functions iconically as opposed to iconically, right? Mm -hmm. So it allows you a, a way to kind of not just feel the music, but to kind of feel your way in and through the music into something deeper, right? Um, a, a deeper truth that I think is underlying um, like that relationship between two animated characters yeah. um, that taps into, again, um, how God has set up the created order. Um, there are these these underlying uh, truths that we encounter, I think, uh, through music um, and through these creative means that's happening in those special ones. Not every, it's not every film, it's not every piece of music, but in those little glimmering moments, you go, oh, I've connected to something that it really, I feel like the spirit of God is up to something here. Um, and that's, and music, I think, is one of those ways that it happens. Mm. And do you have a score of recent years that you found yourself going back to? Ooh, good question. Um, I, I I celebrate all the scores, um, <laughs> but in part because we did a, an event um uh, with Pete Doctor here at oh, Fuller. Yeah. Um, I was actually just, I'd been just kind of binging a bunch of, um, I really like uh, uh, Giacchino's uh, scores, yep. the stuff that he does. Um, but then um, also uh, Thomas Newman, um, mm. uh, I think he did the, I think he did the Elemental one. And so my my kids and I went and saw Elemental, uh, That, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we went and saw Elemental for Father's Day. Um, and so I was, I was, uh, binging is not the right word, but I've had in the background, um, yeah, yeah. some elemental yeah. and some finding Nemo. Okay. So a, a lot of, a lot of Pixar scores. I love it. That's, that's great. Yeah. So you've spent many years now studying and teaching on theology and film. What is something that you have learned or maybe even changed your mind on, um, the more that you've spent time with it? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I, th I think one thing I've changed my mind on is um, whether or not I can convince everybody that this is legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, there was a time where I was like, oh, if you just if you just heard me out. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, you know what? Um, maybe it's not for everybody. And that's OK. You know, it doesn't. It, that's fine. That uh, I think God's designed us each kind of uniquely and and and. And that's wonderful. Um, there's a diversity uh, in in God's kingdom that is mm. that is welcome. Um, I I probably also say that I um, I have shifted uh, probably to a little bit more uh, skepticism. I would say I I for a while was a pretty kind of like in part because I was overcorrecting to what I saw was like a, a knee jerk reaction to film and and, and what's and whatnot. Um, to a probably a more um, m maybe moderate or <laughs> like cautious. And maybe this is just because you have kids and you start, you know, asking sure. that question. But I actually think it's a little bit more um, in the realm of like uh, watching social media rise and how it's influenced the way we talk about movies, the way we actually consume movies, right? The way, I mean, like um, that has kind of transformed the landscape. And early on, I was a pretty big, like, you know, uh, proponent of, of new innovative things mm. and, and social media in particular, um, and the way it's disrupted, I think discourse and even back to what, like our ability to empathize with yeah. each other. Um, uh, it, it has made difficult some of the conversations around films, mm. um, that I deeply value. And so, um, for a while I thought that would be one way to 
have even better conversations. And I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical now. So that's that's definitely one place where I've changed in terms of how do we go about having the conversation? I still am just as committed, if if not more, to going, there is something about really storytelling, right? Just just storytelling in general, but, but cinematic storytelling, um, audio visual, if you will, that I think is really um, an important uh, starting point. And I think maybe the only other thing I would say too, as I'm just talking out loud, yeah. I don't know if this is a shift, but it was more of a like, oh yeah, that that's probably right. Is that conversational piece? Mm. I think early on, I was a little more open to thinking like, you know, you can go watch a movie and something good happened, constructive and great. But the amount of times that that has happened are few and far between. More often, what happens is the individual or what or or the group lands in a community of conversation that's been kind of curated. Um, and so film and stories of any kind can be great if they're if it's scaffolded by other kind of activities. Yeah. But that would be the same, you know, um, in many ways with our biblical text, right? Um, just saying like, hey, go read Job. <laughs> uh, yeah. You probably need some dialogue partners yeah. <laughs> for, for that to, to have some traction. Um, and and otherwise you could be like, I don't know what's up with this God and what, you know. <laughs> uh, so I think that'd be the other thing that I'm, I'm changed a little bit on. Oh, th- that's great. I really uh, appreciate your time and thoughtfulness and all this. I wanted to end because anytime I have somebody on talking about movies or I have somebody on talking about sports, I love to end with a little rapid fire favorites type of nice. segment just because because this is my wheelhouse i love talking about this stuff yep, yep. okay so um let's see uh film that you have seen recently you know in the past few years that that you, you would say has had the most impact on you mm-hmm. um maybe and it, there could be a lot but i think maybe uh guillermo del toro's pinocchio okay i haven't seen that one yet although yeah. i do know the chow papa song so Yes, yes. So I have to distinguish, though, not the live Disney action remake. Yes. Uh, Del Toro one. Yes. I think that one. It was really, yeah, impactful. Mm. Okay. What about, okay, uh, film that you have watched the most number of times? Oh, well, uh, the, <laughs> the, the one I would like to say, and then probably the actual truth. <laughs> um, I've actually, I've probably watched Toy Story more than any other movie. Um, and that's cause I used to watch it every day. I would come home from high school when it came out, uh-huh. uh, after school. And then I watched it a bunch for the dissertation I wrote and okay. book I wrote on film music. And then since then with kids. So I bet that's up there. Okay. Toy Story. Well, that's good. Um, a director who you have had the most time really mm. thinking about or contemplating their work. Probably either Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. Or Terrence Malick. Um, I think, oh, no, or Christopher Nolan. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably P.T. Anderson or Christopher Nolan. Those those two, I generally uh, just am an unabashed fan of the stuff that they make. So Okay, so scale from 1 to 10, interest in Oppenheimer coming out. Oh, soon. 11 and a half. <laughs> 11 and a half. I'm, um, actually, I cycle with some friends around here, and uh, Christopher Nolan we we stop at this coffee shop because my yeah. buddies one time the one time I wasn't where he was hanging out at the coffee shop uh-huh. and so now we uh, <laughs> we try to go to that same coffee shop to see if we'll have a Christopher Nolan sighting uh-huh, um, fun. and and not be silly geeks that embarrass ourselves yeah I did an episode of this podcast a couple of years ago with um, Richard Vance and he was talking a lot about um, 
a Paul Thomas Anderson too in his work. Uh-huh. And, and uh-huh. It, it, so that, that's interesting that, that that name keeps coming up in terms <laughs> of film scholarship. I think it's, yeah. it's pretty common. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. A movie that you would encourage everybody to go and, and ch- check out for interesting theological uh, uh, themes or motifs. Um, I got, well, the Pinocchio one. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that one good. actually is uh, really interesting. Um, uh, well, I, I I hesitate for recommendations because <laughs> it, would depend, it, it depends. It really depends. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I get it. The and then the first thing that comes to mind, I've been actually watching a lot. Of, I also teach on television. Yeah. Um, can I give you an, a sure. television? Answer? Please. Okay. Um, this uh, TV show called Mrs. Davis. Okay, I've Have heard of this. this. I haven't seen it. Oh, and almost no one has, because I think it's only on Peacock, but it's about a nun who is going to fight an AI named Miss Davis, who's taken over the world. Um, <laughs> and it's 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 bloody and graphic and has lots of language. So that's why I'm like, yeah. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other reason why I'm always like, I don't know if people want my recommendations. Warning label, uh, but it's interesting. Well, and that's interesting yes. with the AI tie. I think that's such yes. a that, that's such an up and coming theme, you know, in our, mm-hmm. in our society mm-hmm. now. That's the mm-hmm. one with Betty Gilpin, right? As as the nun. Yes, yes. So it's really interesting. And then she has what I would say is one of the most sincere depictions of a relationship with Jesus that I've I've seen on film. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just just excellent. Um, and they don't go cynical and they don't make fun of it. I mean, it's just they play it straight up. It's really good. So, um, but again, it's very much for adults. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to watch a film too, um, actually, I. I Elemental's not bad. I mean, okay. I just recently watched okay. it, um, so it's probably just on on the brain. And I'm, you know, in a in a Pixar mood right now. But um, but it it has some good uh, themes in terms of of who we are, um, how we how we mix um, yeah. difference, you know, um, a, a, across differences. And and it, yeah, it's just really good. I don't want to spoil it though. Okay, so last one: actor or actress who you would watch anything that they're in? Well, Brad Pitt. Um, there you go. <laughs> but, um, I also, uh, I, well, yeah, who else? Yeah. I think Brad Pitt is my, oh, that's a great one. First... I'm excited for his F1 movie coming out next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's funny. The problem is he's not often, I now have to go back and look uh, like, I don't usually watch Brad Pitt movies for like deeply theological stuff. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a problem, but I actually generally, I like Just almost enjoyable. Actually, oh, and, um, or, um um uh princess amidala uh and natalie portman oh, natalie portman um i pretty much love anything that natalie portman's in and yeah. she's done some really interesting some of my faves uh garden state i think yeah. is one of my one of my all-time favorite movies oh cool so, oh that's yeah. awesome very cool well thank you so much dr Callaway. really appreciate your time i really appreciate your thoughtfulness i'm going to put links in the show notes below to where you can find more of dr Callaway's work and uh yeah i just really enjoy this conversation so so I, I really appreciate your time thanks so much thank you now for some doable next steps from this episode this might be one of the most fun doable steps we have ever had on this podcast watch some movies dr callaway mentioned the new pinocchio movie by Guillermo del Toro, or he mentioned Toy Story. He mentioned the new Pixar film, Elemental. Or you can listen to some film scores that you find powerful, and you can thank God 
for the beauty of music. I've put the links to Dr. Callaway's books in the show notes for this episode if you're interested in diving into a bit more of an academic look into this topic. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for listening to Doable Discipleship. We'll be back with you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.